Please open your Bible to Psalm 67. Psalm 67. If you're newer to the Bible, Psalms is the, is the largest book in the Bible, and it's about in the middle, so it's pretty easy to find. If you hit Isaiah, move a little bit to the left. We're in Psalm 67. Today marks a significant day in the history of Grace Church. It's also a significant day in the history of our denomination, Sovereign Grace Churches, as we ordain Feng Yuji as an elder in Sovereign Grace serving at Grace Church. Now, this day is significant in, in various ways. Uh, first, ordination is the setting apart of a man for the office of elder in the local church. Now, not only is this the culmination of years of faithful preparation for ministry on Feng Yu's part, one in which he's worked diligently to complete all the requirements for ordination in our denomination, and also he's done exceptionally well in that. Not only is it that, it's also an opportunity for us as a church to give our, our approval and public affirmation of his call, of his gifts, of his God-given appointment to pastoral ministry. It's a big deal for us to ordain a man for ministry. But this is also a significant day because we aren't just ordaining any man. We're ordaining this man, Feng Yuji, a man with a particular story and a particular calling. Uh, he's both the first Chinese pastor to be ordained in our denomination. He's also the first Mandarin-speaking pastor to be ordained in our denomination. And Lord willing, he will plant the first Mandarin-speaking church in our denomination. Now, since the founding of Grace Church 10 years ago, it has been a hope and a prayer of ours that God would use us to play a part in establishing new outposts for God's kingdom, new churches, planting new churches, that we'd be able to take part in this work. And Larry and I, throughout our history, talk about this together and our desire for this. But we always knew that the first thing the Lord must do is provide a man to lead in this effort. And so we prayed for God to provide that man. And Feng Yu's ordination represents an answer to those prayers. And if you asked us just a few years ago, even just two years ago, we would never have imagined that this would be the man and this would be the work that God would call us to. But what a remarkable privilege it is that he has. God in his wisdom and power, the God who does far more than we ask or imagine, has brought Feng Yu to us with the hopes of seeing a gospel-preaching, Mandarin-speaking church established in this community. It really is a remarkable joy to celebrate this historic day together. And at this moment in the life of our church, I wanted us to step away from our current series in Proverbs and in James and consider together our prayer and mission as a church. In other words, I want to, I want to get at answering these questions. Why should we invest our time and our resources into establishing a new church. Why? And even more so as it relates to our mission, why do we desire to see all people come to know Jesus? Brothers and sisters, we are a, a blessed church, a church with much to be grateful for. And it could be easy for us to simply be content with what we have, with how things are now. But God has blessed us for a particular purpose. God has blessed us for a reason, and we see that in our text today. Psalm 67 is a prayer of God's blessing, a prayer for God's blessing, but it's not just an inward-focused prayer. It's a prayer that goes out in mission, a prayer that goes out 
to all peoples, to all nations. You see, I think we can have this tendency in our prayers to be subtly self-centered. We, we pray to get something for ourselves. So we do the right thing in expressing our dependence on God, our need for Him to act in all that we do. But the real goal of many of our prayers, whether we say it or not, is that we would get what we need and desire. We pray so that we would be protected. We pray so that we would have the provision that we need. We pray so that we would be blessed. And the reality is this is appropriate because Jesus teaches us to pray this way. Give us this day our daily bread. But this is not the end and purpose of our prayers. Psalm 67 redirects our prayers for blessing to their glorious end. This psalm is about why we exist, about why we pray for God's blessing. This psalm is about why we belong to Sovereign Grace Churches. It's about why we want to give our time and energy and money to support Feng Yu and this work of church planting. It's about why, Lord willing, even after this church is established, we will pray for the opportunity to participate in more churches being planted in our area and throughout the world. We pray for God's blessing for a reason. And we see right here that reason in Psalm 67. So now let's turn our attention to the Word of God. This is God's inerrant, inspired, infallible Word for us. As I read, God speaks to us through this Word. Hear him now, Psalm 67, beginning of verse 1. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Would you pray with me? God of all glory, this is our prayer that all people would praise you. And now in this moment, we ask that you would come by your Spirit and forge in us the praise that alone is due your name. We ask for ears to hear your word as you speak, for a heart that yearns for you and that others might know your ways, for lives that proclaim the glorious news of your salvation. As we gather here today, we ask that you would be gracious to us, and bless us, and make your face to shine upon us. We pray in the Son, in your Son's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. As we come together as a church to hear from God, as we celebrate and look forward in faith to how God wants to use this man for his glory, we begin by recognizing our need. We are a people that are never not in need of the grace and blessing and favor of God. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And so this psalm begins with this petition, this request for God to do what only God can do. 
The words are an echo of Aaron's blessing on the people of God in Numbers 6, 24-26. Even though we already are God's people, even though we already experience His grace and blessing and favor, the prayer of Psalm 67-1 is our prayer. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us. We make these three petitions. They're all related to one another. There's overlap. First, we pray that God would be gracious to us, that he would give us what we do not deserve. We pray that he would shower us with pity, show us his pity, shower us with his grace. We are people who bring nothing to the table but our need for forgiveness our need for mercy. And so we cry out to God for grace. God, be gracious to us. That's the first petition. Second, we pray that God would bless us. That God would bless us. That He would give us all that is good. To be blessed is to be satisfied. It's to be whole. It's to have our souls happy. We live in a world of people who are longing to be whole, longing to be satisfied, longing to have hearts that are full. We pray that God would satisfy us with his good, that he would bless us as only he can. May God be gracious to us and bless us. And third petition, we pray that God would make his face to shine upon us. This is a phrase that that speaks of asking for divine favor. For his face to shine upon us is for God to shine his life-giving light on us. We just sang, come behold the wondrous mystery. In Jesus, the light of life has come. These three petitions, grace, blessing, and favor, they're the heartbeat of God's people, and God answers these three prayers in the person of Jesus Christ. Apart from God, we are all in darkness, lost, far off. In our sin, we are under the judgment of a righteous God condemned to death. All people stand condemned in their sin. We have no hope to be rescued, no chance of saving ourselves, for as the Bible tells us, we are dead in our sins, spiritually dead in our sins, without life. As those who are dead spiritually, we can't do anything for ourselves. Our only hope is that something outside of us might intervene, that someone outside of us might step in on our behalf. And by the astonishing grace of God, and may we be astonished by this grace, this is exactly what happens in the person of Jesus Christ, in the coming of Jesus Christ. He is the radiance of the glory of God, and he comes as a light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. He comes in the world as the true light which gives light to everyone. And His light, for all those who have repented of their sin and placed their faith in Jesus Christ, His light has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Jesus Christ is the light that shines in our dark hearts and minds. One theologian writes that Jesus is God shining, going out from the Father in radiant revelation to give Himself to us. Jesus is God shining. He is God's faith, face turned toward us, God's name dwelling with us, and God's glory flashing upon us. 
So we pray that God would be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us. And we know these prayers are answered in Jesus Christ. Our great need has been met in the coming of God's own Son, Jesus. Here, God comes to us and does the thing that we cannot do for ourselves. This is what we cannot do. We cannot live a life of perfect obedience. We can never not give in to temptation. We can never not fall into sin. Always do what is pleasing to God. We can't do it. But then this son of righteousness came and did that. He humbled himself. This son of righteousness offered himself for us. And he became obedient to death. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus came and suffered in our place. He was bruised for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, for our sin. He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree. God made Him who knew no sin to be sin. Jesus Christ died for you. Jesus Christ died for me. Brothers and sisters, this is the Gospel. All you who hear, this is the Gospel. This is the only message of salvation. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no way to the Father but through Him. And this message is the good news of great joy for all people. This blessing comes to us, this light shines upon us for a specific reason, for a purpose. And that is that it might extend outward, that it might shine in all places. That like the moon, we might be a reflection of the light of the sun. We pray for God's grace and blessing and favor so that more and more and more people might receive God's grace and blessing and favor. All to the praise of His glory. That's why we make this our prayer. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us so that others might experience the same. You see, there's always this outward movement of God. God and His ways are always moving out. This is, a, this is a big concept. It's a mind-blowing concept. God is so overflowing with life and goodness and love that this life and goodness and love flows out of Him into all things. Into all things. God is the, the source, the fountain of all things. God's desire for His own glory, His desire for His own praise is not God's campaign to get what He deserves. That's not what, what's behind God's desire for His own glory. It's a mission to give Himself to us so that we might know true life and joy. It's this outward movement that is the basis for creation. Creation pulses with beauty and color and, and noise and sights and untold riches. Because this is who God is. Did you know that the average person is able to see about one million different colors? One million colors. And it's said that, that there's certain people with such 
great eyesight ability, they can see up to 100 million colors. I can't even fathom that many colors. But God is infinite. He is the God of all of those colors. And those colors are just but a reflection of His beauty, a reflection of His glory. God is so beautiful, so glorious, so rich in all that He is, that it just spills out in creation, in all that He does. But God's outward movement, seen in creation, it's not just seen in creation, it's also seen in His special relationship with His people. Consider the covenant that God makes with Abram in, in Genesis 12. God tells Abram to leave his homeland, leave his father's house. And this is what God promises him. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. So that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God is blessing Abram, so that all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The blessing that God gives Abraham moves out, moves outward. And this is what all of Scripture is about. And this is what we've been swept up in today. We exist not to hoard God's blessing for ourselves, but to direct it outward to all people, to all nations. We are blessed in order to bless others. There's this verse in Psalm 50 that I, I really never tire of thinking on, in, in resting in, and it's this. Psalm 50, verse 2. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Three phrases. Out of Zion, meaning out of the place that God dwells out of Zion. It starts where he dwells. Out of Zion. Second phrase, the perfection of beauty. We all see and know and love beauty in many different ways, in many different forms. God is the perfection of beauty. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. God shines forth. As we come together and, and set apart Feng Yu for ministry, as we pray that God would establish this new church in our community, as we hope for the salvation of the lost, we don't do this because God needs us or God's been waiting for us. It's like, oh good, now Grace Church is ready to do this. Now I can reach the lost. No, God needs nothing from us. He's not desperate for our devotion. He's not lonely or aimless. Rather, from all eternity, He exists in perfection. Holy, majestic, unceasingly, unendingly fulfilled. And it's out of the fullness of his life that he gives life and everything good. From him are all things. He gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. God shines forth. And we get to participate in that. God is shining forth. This is what we get to take part in, to bear witness to. This is what God is doing. Even now as we gather, gather together, He is shining forth. So as He shines forth, as we make this our prayer, that God would be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us, what does God want to make known about Himself? What does He want to shine forth? This is what we're going to see. Four things in Psalm 67. First, God blesses us 
so that his ways may be known on earth. We see that right there in verse 2, that your way may be known on earth. There's a specific, particular way of God that he wants known among all people. And what is that way? What specifically about his ways does he want to be made known? It's this, the second phrase in verse 2, your saving power. Your saving power. Saving power refers to salvation. This is what all people need. As the sun shines on all the earth, so we pray that the salvation of God be known throughout the whole world. We pray that God way, His ways may be known on earth. Second, God blesses us so that He might be praised. He blesses us so that His ways might be known. He blesses us so that He might be praised, that all peoples would praise Him. This is what we see in verse 3 and 5. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Why? Because He alone is worthy of being exalted. He alone is worthy of our attention. We are in a society, in a world filled with people and things that are seeking attention. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are seeking attention. Facebook and Instagram and X and whatever else is seeking attention. It wants your eyeballs, wants your minds. This world wants your attention. But none of these things can compare to the perfection of beauty. None of these things can compare to God Himself. It's not even a competition. Only God is worthy of our lives, worthy of our praise. Only God can satisfy our souls. Only God is worthy of our attention. God blesses us so that He might be praised. Third, God blesses us so that He might be enjoyed. Look at verse 4. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Why will people be glad? What brings them joy? We see in the next phrase of verse 4, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. It's the just and, and sovereign rule and reign of God Himself that brings gladness and joy. In our, in our society that is really steeped in the pursuit of self-satisfaction, and believes that the, the path to that is the ability to do whatever you want, whenever you want to do it. This doesn't quite sit right with us. Really, God's just and sovereign rule is what's going to bring gladness and joy? Well, life in God's kingdom is always and only joy. Consider His rule and reign. He doesn't do wrong to anyone. He makes no mistakes. There's no threat of a government shutdown with God's rule and reign. There's no debating, no campaigns that have to be carried out. He makes every wrong right. He sets the captive free. All his ways are just. His words are true. All his acts are holy. He leads the people of his kingdom according to his good and pleasing and perfect will. He leads them in peace and prosperity. He makes them lie down in green pastures and leads them beside still waters. Goodness and mercy follow His people all their days. 
Can you imagine a better ruler? A better kingdom to be a part of? A greater king to serve? It makes you want to sing. Charles Spurgeon said this in the 19th century, some sing for form, others for show, some as a duty, others as an amusement, but to sing from the heart because overflowing joy must find a vent. This is to sing indeed. And this is why Christian people are a singing people. How can we keep from singing his praise? This is what we have been brought into, this joy, this gladness. We've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once we were not a people, now we are God's people. Once we had not received mercy, but now we have received mercy. When we start to think about mission and evangelism and church planting, it's daunting and oftentimes for us, I think it can be kind of joyless as we're aware of this sacrifice or aware that it might make us uncomfortable at different points. But the business that God has given the church is a business of joy. Joy is what we are all about. We exist to rejoice in God and to spread that joy to others. I've said before, I heard one pastor talk about how he tells his church, like this is, this is our mantra. We're a bunch of idiots. God is a great savior. And anybody can get in on this. Anybody can get in on this. We're not impressive people. We're not impressive people. Despite what we may believe in our pride, we're not impressive people. But we have a great Savior. And He is our boast. And He is our boast yesterday, today, and forever. We have no other boast but Him. And we don't get to boast in Him. We don't receive His grace and blessing and favor because we've done something for Him. It's merely because God shines forth in astonishing grace and mercy. We get to enter into the joy and gladness through this good news of salvation. And you can get in on that. Anyone can get in on that through repentance and faith, acknowledging that God is who He says He is. God blesses us so that He would be enjoyed by all people, all nations. The fourth thing is that we see here in Psalm 67 is God blesses us so that he would be feared. Verse 6 talks about the prosperity that God's rule and reign brings. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. And then it ends with this phrase, let all the ends of the earth fear him. Fear him. God's purpose in blessing us is that all people would fear him. And we have a complicated relationship with fear. I think especially at this time of year. Fear is a powerful emotion. And we often equate fear with being afraid and only being afraid. The fear that the Bible speaks of is far more powerful than just being afraid. Fear is it's this reverence and awe of him. A, a taking of him at his word. This fear is, is to be staggered by the overwhelming perfection of God. God is unfathomably beautiful. He is infinitely holy. He's unceasingly powerful. 
Like his beauty is so great that we can't really behold it. It, would, it makes our minds go to mud. So great is his beauty. His holiness is something that we cannot even approach. He dwells in unapproachable light. His power is a power that upholds all things at every moment. The only response before this God is fear. But for all those who place their faith in Jesus Christ, it's a fearful love. It's an overwhelmed awe, a trembling adoration, a trembling adoration. There is no God like this God. And God comes to us and blesses us so that his glory might shine forth, that people might know his ways, know his salvation, that people might know him and praise him, that people might enjoy him, that people might fear him. Why has God's grace come to us? Why are we Grace Church? So that this grace might stream out to all people, to all nations. And God has given us the opportunity to participate that, in that in many ways, but one of those ways is through Feng Yuji. God's purposes, God purposes to draw the nations into his grace and blessing. And this is the direction that all of history is headed We read earlier from Philippians 2, and it talked about how God humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every knee should bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you know what's included in every? All people. Every one of us in this room every human throughout human history. When we come to this God, He will either be to us judge who condemns us or our Savior. So that's the only two paths. But for all those who who place their trust in Him, This just judge who judges the people with equity. All those who place their trust in him for salvation. His righteousness is bestowed upon you. And we can be recipients of God's grace and blessing and favor. What a joy. What a privilege. God is not narrow-minded in his rule and reign. His welcome to us as sinners is wide. He opens wide the door. He asks only that we respond in humble faith, depending on Him, relying upon Him, trusting in Him, that we humble ourselves to know of our need for His saving mercy. In, in Revelation Joey referred to this earlier. We're given this vision. John is given this vision of heaven, of where history is headed. And in Revelation 19, this loud voice goes out and cries out, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. 
for his judgments are true and just. <coughs> Sounds familiar. Sounds like Psalm 67. His judgments are true and just. And then it goes on later in Psalm in Revelation 19, praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him. And then John hears what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. God has shown us his blessing, Grace Church. He has. And our prayer is that these invitations would go out, go out through our lives, go out through Fung Yu's ministry, go out throughout all the world, that God may be known, may be praised, may be enjoyed, may be feared to the praise of his glorious name. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the grace you have shown us in Jesus Christ. Indeed, our sins have been fully atoned for, fully paid for by his blood. So we trust in you and we worship you and we ask that you would use us to extend your glory, to proclaim your great name, to proclaim this salvation to all peoples, in all places. Thank you that you are the one who is shining forth, showing forth your glory. May we be captivated by it. May we reflect it in all that we think, say, and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.